Wednesday here on the EP Podcast, halfway through your work week. For those that are working, be it from home or otherwise, maybe you're still in the office. I don't know. Hopefully you are all still working. If you're not, hopefully you're finding work very, very soon. And at the very most, hopefully you're finding happiness and peace in this time of turmoil. Although things are looking a little bit better each and every day, you just got to look for the the true factual signs of positivity. They're not huge. They're not ginormous. They're not uh, tide changing quite yet, but we're getting there. And uh, here in a moment, I'll share a, a soundbite from Dr. Angela Dunn the epidemiologist for the state of Utah Department of Health, who was on the big show on Tuesday, share a comment from her that left me feeling a little bit more optimistic than I uh, than I had been uh, recently. So we'll share that. We'll talk about that. It's an acoustic Wednesday. I'm going to change things up a bit here, though, and do an acoustics Wednesday, and I'll tell you why in just a moment as we pay tribute to the class of 2020 courtesy of Bountiful High School's Acapella Choir. Uh, and also, we got to talk about a lot of sports that are going on. The Jazz are in the news. The NFL, of course, with the draft coming up tomorrow. Kyle Whittingham made some comments about a bunch of his guys that are expected to go uh, in the NFL draft or be signed as free agents. And we've got to talk about the Rob Gronkowski trade. Uh, in fact, that's where we'll start today, is uh, where when we last left you, on Tuesday's episode of the EP podcast, we were talk. I was talking about these uh, comments that Rob Gronkowski made to Andy Cohen, of all people, and how he said he's not done, he doesn't feel like he's totally done, and you never know if he's going to come back, he just has to get that feeling back. Well, n- mere moments after the podcast <laughs> went live yesterday afternoon, boom, trade happens, Patriots send Rob Gronkowski to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the the least surprising move of the NFL's offseason took place there. You knew that if Gronkowski was coming back to play in the NFL, it was more than likely going to be where Tom Brady was going to be playing in the NFL, and that, of course, is Tampa Bay. Jay Glazer, one of the uh, foremost renowned names, pundits, analysts, and uh, insiders when it comes to NFL reporting, he uh, was on Fox Sports Radio, of course, uh, 1280, 97.5 The Zone, your local home for Fox Sports Radio here in the Salt Lake Valley and surrounding areas. He was on Fox Sports uh, Radio and talked about how Gronkowski to go into Tampa Bay, it was, it was a no-brainer in the first place. He was going to go wherever Tom Brady went, but talk about what an amazing couple of months the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have already had this offseason. We were training Gronk in a breakable for a little while this year, and he's lost an awful lot of weight. He's just cut down a lot. Then he's signed with WWE and started training again, started bulking back up, so he'll get back up there, but this is a Hall of Famer that you're getting for a fourth. It's quite an offseason they've had down there. He's absolutely right, by the way, about Gronkowski being a Hall of Famer. He's, uh, he's ninth in all-time yards for a tight end, 7,900, tied with Jackie Smith and Jimmy Graham. His receptions, he's only 14th all-time in total receptions by a tight end. But when you consider 14th in receptions, down there you know, in the second tier, and yet he's third all-time in total touchdowns with 80, and he's coming back, he might end up being, if he's got good health, and the, he might end up being the second greatest tight end to ever do it. And Anthony Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez, for my money, is the greatest. But Gronkowski might find his way up there to be the second all-time, and he's got three Super Bowl rings in four attempts. 
and who knows what he's going to do with Tampa Bay. And then as for Tampa Bay's offseason, yeah, all they do is go out and sign possibly the greatest quarterback of all time away from his legacy team where he's been his entire career. They add around him so nicely and then top it off with Gronkowski and the draft tomorrow. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looking pretty strong right now. We'll see if Tom Brady's health can hold out, but it looks like they are all in, and they should be, obviously, to try and get that Super Bowl appearance, let alone title, with uh, Tom Brady at the helm there in Tampa Bay. I've never been a huge Buccaneers fan, uh, but I, I... I'd like to see that Tom Brady is no longer with the Patriots. I'm not a Tom, Brady's fa- Tom Brady fan, and I'm definitely not a Patriots fan. So if he wins it with Tampa Bay, I think it would shut the, the argument on if he's the greatest of all time. It would just slam the door shut there to do it at his age. A lot of people are still holding out, uh, wondering, well, did he do it because of the system that Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick put in place and the, the players that they put in for him there in, t- in New England? And he got more out of uh, his talent than what we would have elsewhere. I don't know. I'm of the opinion that he could still be as good in Tampa Bay. And I think that would slam the door shut on if he is the greatest quarterback to ever do it. But that's all up for debate. Hopefully we have an NFL season. And we really need sports to take place, even with empty stadiums. And let's talk about that for just a moment, in fact, as well. All right, Craig Thompson, commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, said a few days ago that if they don't play college football, they're more than likely not going to be playing any other college sports for for a calendar year, I think is what he said, or or a year or season. And and that is because, obviously, every school, even the top, top schools, other than maybe Duke or or Kentucky or, you know, the the basketball schools, but almost every other school is a football-first school. And everything rests with how much money football brings in. And if football doesn't bring in money, the other sports don't get to play. That's just the reality of the world. Especially, that's at the top. When you get down to the lowers, and the group of fives even, I'm saying, are in the lowers here. Commissioner Thompson talking for his conference, the Mountain West Conference. Boy, it's tough. And you saw Boise State furloughing all the athletic department employees, including all coaches, including giving big old haircuts to coaches' salaries. This is these are times these these times are tough economically, and without college football, college athletics, a lot of college athletics will just go poof into the night. You'll see a lot of uh, athletic departments bankrupt without college football. We need college football. We need the NFL. We need the NBA. We need Major League Baseball. We need college football. For, for for the sports to, to continue on the business side to work, even without a gate, even without admittance into the parks and stadiums, we need the sport to go on. Now, I'm talking selfishly, of course, as a sports radio host. It matters so much to me and my family that these sports resume with or without fans in the stadium. Obviously, we prefer to have fans there. It's not the same without the fans. But as long as the sports go on, we can get some... K- TV crews in there. We can get these games televised. Now I'm talking NBA now, Major League Baseball, NFL. When we're talking about college football, you're probably only going to see the the schools with you know big contracts get to be played on TV. Luckily, locally, that's Utah and BYU. I don't know about the Mountain West Conference current TV situation. They were in a big old fight between them and Boise State recently and ESPN. Mount West Conference has a new TV deal in place with, uh, I believe it's Fox and CBS Sports Network. 
so no longer with ESPN there. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, those with TV contracts, they'll be on TV, obviously. Those without, I don't know if they'll be on TV. I don't know if they'll survive. But we need some programs. We need the meat of college football at least to survive and to play, even if it be in front of empty stadiums, because that that signifies a return to normalcy. That signifies a return of a, a, a hope for a near future back to the usual. Even though it would be unusual to play in front of empty stadiums, we just need it to happen. Now, safety and health, first and foremost, at the front of this, obviously. That goes, I think, without saying, but I'll say it anyway. But if we can somehow get the appropriate, absolute approval for quote-unquote bubble cities or bubble stadiums or bubble leagues to play in front of empty stadiums, do it. Get it done. I don't care if it takes everyone being tested before, during, and after the game. Get it done. And let's let's make sure it happens because it is vital to – and people might roll their eyes not listening to this podcast, I hope, because you're probably listening because you either support me or you support sports or both. Uh, but people roll their eyes and go, sports? What does sports matter? Sports matters a lot, especially in this country. Sports is a good canary in the coal mine, so to speak. It tells you what's going on, and we need them back so that things can get rolling again. All right, there's a a little bit more rumblings uh, on the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, I don't know, drama reports that continue to roll out there. Here's another reason we need sports to resume, so stuff like this can just go away. Uh, Donovan, Rudy, Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, uh, on and on and on. They've all talked about it. They've all squashed it at this point. They've all said, all right, it's over and done with. Yes, there was a rift. Yes, there was problems. Yes, there was drama. Yes, there was concerns with the relationship between Donovan and Rudy. But they've spoken. They've ironed it out. They're ready to go win basketball games. They don't have to be best friends. They don't have to get matching tattoos. They don't have to get friendship bracelets. But they do have to come together as professional basketball players, be pros about it, and try to win as many basketball games and championships as they can. That is not, however, keeping the reports from continuing to leak out. And David Aldridge, a vastly respected uh, NBA reporter for many decades, and now with The Athletic, said in a live Q&A recently that, uh, and I'll just read his quote verbatim, quote, There have been rumblings well before either of them contracted the coronavirus that the Jazz were growing weary of Gobert. Not that they were actively shopping him or trying to get rid of him, but that he might be more available than you'd think a defensive player of the year and guy who is such an anchor would be. It will not surprise me if Utah moves on after this season, close quote. That's David Aldridge, and that's his opinion. I don't know the answer. I don't know. Uh, That's his report. That's not my report. And I'm not going to speak to his report specifically, whether it be factual or not or or accurate. Uh, I'm sure he's not just saying that. I don't mean to say it's he's not he's not just making this up. I believe that he has people he's spoken to that he has gleaned from that said that that would be that that indicated that was the case. I'm not saying if it is or not, because I don't know. All I know is we can look at what Rudy has said, what Joe Ingles has said, what Mike Conley has said, and what Donovan Mitchell has said uh, on various public forums that it is done and they're ready to move on and turn the page. Chris Haynes uh, of... uh, Who's Chris Haynes with now? Yahoo? Yeah, Yahoo reported uh, April 12th that the two are working on turning the page. Tony Jones, local guy here in Salt Lake uh, of The Athletic, said that... uh, there's no thought or, or uh, what did he say? He shut down the idea that uh, the Jazz would be shopping or looking to move one or both of the players. 
He said, uh, the list of the most untouchable players in the league includes Donovan Mitchell, a dynamic talent on the floor and terrific in the community. And they had the, the Jazz have no plans to trade he or Rudy Gobert because, of course, quote, they built their entire identity defensively around Gobert and don't plan on moving the big man either. So this is all, this is just the latest. So I thought I'd bring it up and share it and report what uh, David Aldridge, his opinion is on the matter. My opinion is such that we need basketball to return. It was probably good for these guys to take a a few weeks and and not talk. They have spoken. They have ironed it out. And they don't have to be absolute, you know, two-of-a-kind best friends uh, and and where they write a sitcom together. They need to be professional basketball players and do the best that they can do to help each other reach the ultimate mountaintop. And that's an NBA championship. And that's really where this lies now. So we need basketball to roll back around, and we'll see how that goes from there. But I have absolute faith and 100% belief that the Jazz from the top to the bottom have been working on this relationship all the time to make sure that it is golden because if Donovan and Rudy don't work out, then what's the plan? The, the, the bones, the structure of the, of the backbone of the plans for the Jazz and their championship hopes falters. It's obviously on the two of them and the two of them working well together. So uh, don't rest assured, the Jazz, they're taking care of things here. All right, just wanted to share a couple of comments from Kyle Whittingham here. The day before the NFL draft is to take place tomorrow, uh, Kyle Whittingham is expected to have at least eight of his football players headed to the NFL, which is just a terrific accomplishment for uh, a program. Uh, of course, it's leaving Utah State and BYU in the dust a little bit there as far as turning players into NFL prospects. That's what comes with being a P5. That's what comes with having the money to hire uh, more developmental coaches and to uh, spend more on your recruiting classes and facilities and on and on and on. If the Utes weren't t- turning out more players into the NFL than Utah State and BYU, the Utes would be having to fire some people. So it's good news. It's proof that Utah is doing things incredibly up there at the, at the University of Utah to get players from college to the NFL ranks, and that will show shiningly uh, during the NFL draft, I have no doubt. Well, Kyle Whittingham spoke on players like Tyler Huntley, Terrell Burgess, Julian Blackman, Jalen Johnson, Zach Moss, Francis Bernard. I wanted to share his thoughts on each and every one of those guys here for just a moment, let you Utah fans or Utah local college football fans know what Kyle Whittingham thinks of his guys. Here's Kyle Whittingham's thoughts on the draft prospects for We'll start with Tyler Huntley. Right. It's unfortunate that we didn't have a chance to to have a pro day. So those guys that didn't go to the uh, combine, which there was only a handful, most of them did get the opportunity to go to the combine. I think there was eight or nine of them. And so it's a big disappointment for uh, for Tyler not to be able to uh, showcase his skills here. But I've had a lot of scouts and, and uh, upper management people call me about Tyler and express interest. And, uh, you know, he's been working hard. He's added even more weight. I haven't seen him in person for a few months, but tells me he looks great and uh, has really you know just been doing everything he can possibly do to get himself ready and all it takes is one team to really like you if you get one team that really likes you that's all that matters and so there's been uh, like I said many teams express interest and in, in getting my input on Tyler and and uh, he's hungry he wants to play in that league and he's doing everything he possibly can to uh, make that happen all right from his thoughts on Tyler Huntley to that of Terrell Burgess Terrell is a self-made guy uh, you know he came into our program now don't get me wrong he's a talented kid but but uh, he he came into the program had a lot of offensive background in high school but uh, just kept getting better and better and, and as I mentioned before did everything we asked of him patiently waited his opportunity to play 
And, uh, you know, the guys that were ahead of him had NFL opportunities as well. So it's not like he was behind guys that, uh, yeah, that weren't, weren't really good football players. But uh, that, and it's really an illustration of if you just don't don't just abort and jump into a transfer portal or something like that, just stay the course that uh, good things can happen. And, and Terrell is a, a perfect example of that. Kyle Whittingham there on Terrell Burgess and his NFL hopes. Now to my guy, Leighton High alum, Julian Blackman, who suffered a, an injury at the end of the season last year. Tough guy, but he is a tough kid. He's got a dream. He's working hard to get there. And Kyle Whittingham says things look good. Well, first of all, I think he can bring uh, a ton to an NFL team. He is He's an exceptional athlete. He's one of the best athletes on our football team. Uh, nearly a 40-inch vertical jump, nearly an 11-inch or 11-foot uh, broad jump. Uh, he's a four four five in the forty. He's got great shuttle times. He's over six feet tall. He's six foot and a half inch and two hundred and five pounds. The only thing he's got going against him right now is that that knee injury that he suffered in the uh, championship game. But if someone takes a chance on him, they're gonna be they're gonna be uh, very very pleasantly uh, surprised. Not surprised, but but uh, rewarded for uh, for taking that uh, chance. He's he's uh, reha- his rehab is coming along great, and uh, I just think that he's his upside is is so so uh vast that uh you know i think that uh whoever gets him is going to be very pleased he uh you know he came to us we put him at corner right away he played there for the first three years uh we felt as i mentioned before his best uh upside and his highest ceiling was going to be at the safety position and uh, which you know obviously translates into meaning that his best opportunity to, to be a professional, and yeah, plus it helped us out. You know, it allowed us to get the best five guys on the field and uh, in the secondary. And so that change from corner to safety, I really believe, put him uh, on everybody's radar. He's already already on a lot of people's radar in the NFL. But when he made that transition to safety and, and was so effective and and uh, did the things he did, that really uh, piqued the interest of uh, pretty much the entire league. Hail Lancers, there, Julian Blackman. Go get him, man. Go make some money. Go make us proud, as you always have. Jalen Johnson might be, should be the first pick taken uh, from the University of Utah ranks, maybe as or soon as the bottom 10 of the first round. The Vikings have their eye on him, but they are also trying to move their picks in the first round. We'll see where he lands, but he's probably the tops of the NFL draft prospects for the Utes right now. Here's Kyle Whittingham on Jalen Johnson. Jalen, there wasn't, to be honest with you, there wasn't a lot of development that had to take place. He was he was pretty darn good when we got him. He was a you know a guy that uh, he was the whole package as a corner. I think he was a five star, four or five star. He's a high four star or five star. So he was uh, one of those guys that uh, you know was. Uh, pretty much ready when he got here. Now we had to fine tune some things and, and I, want, I don't want to diminish uh, what coach Shaw, you know, his work with Jalen through the years, cause he definitely improved and, and became a terrific player. And, and, uh, but he had all the tools and, and uh, you know, it's just a, uh, another illustration of a, a guy coming in. If you do, you know, do what the, what the process requires and what's asked of you and, and uh, you know, do, do things right. Then uh, good things happen at the back end. Zach Moss, I remember uh, when he was playing behind, behind Armand Shine, and this is no shine towards Armand Shine to use a pun, but I, when I saw Zach Moss play, I thought, this guy's the guy. He, he is the, and Devontae Booker was incredible, but Zach Moss is an every-down NFL back if I ever saw one here in the state, state of Utah. And uh, here's what Kyle Whittingham had to say about Zach Moss and his prospects of being in the NFL. I would say the thing that uh, would make Zach as elite as he is 
is that he's an every down back. He can do it all. He can, he can uh, obviously carry the football. He can, you know, he's an inside runner. He's an outside runner. He's got breakaway speed, great quickness, vision, balance, uh, runs with violence, all those things that, that uh, you got to possess when you're, when you got the ball in your hands. And then he's a, he's also a very good receiver out of the backfield. We probably didn't utilize that enough during his career here. We probably could have thrown in the ball more than we did, but he's got exceptional hands and is able to do that. And then also he picks up blitzes. He's very willing and able to uh, stand in there and pick up uh, linebacker blitzes. And so that, that probably to me is the, is the biggest attribute that Zach possesses is that he, he can do it all. There really is no weakness in his game and he takes pride in that. He, he's a very prideful kid and, and uh, he's proud that he, uh, you know, has developed his skill set to, to where he can be in every down back. And then the redemption story of Francis Bernard, Kid that went to uh, BYU, went on a mission, went to BYU, didn't work out. He had some off-the-field issues, some honor code problems. Of course, uh, had to leave the program, moved up to Utah, where he was welcomed with open arms, and he flourished. And by all accounts, his life is in order, and he's happy and peaceful. I know Kalani Satake, that's all he wanted for the guy. Of course, he wanted to come back and play at BYU. But when that didn't happen, first and foremost, it's to make sure a player's family and he's, himself are taken care of and at peace and healthy. And Francis Bernard not only accomplished that, but shot up his draft status by playing at a P5 level and being maybe the best linebacker, uh, not, not maybe, I think he was the best, biggest game-changing linebacker at the University of Utah since Johnny Paul, maybe. And here's what Kyle Whittingham had to say about Francis Bernard and his hopes of landing an NFL contract. Francis Bernard, what a great uh, young man to have in our program. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite players that's ever come through here. Uh, great work ethic, great attitude. I don't want to say he turned his life around. I don't believe he was ever a bad kid. I think he was just uh, got himself in a couple bad situations. He's, he's a guy that uh, did everything we asked for the entire time he was here. Uh, another kind of like Terrell Burgess, Burgess. He was very patient that first year he was playing. He was behind some really good linebackers and uh, waited his turn. And when his turn came uh, last year, he made the most of it. Uh, played his tail off, had a terrific year, and now has put himself in position to be drafted. And, and uh, you know, that's really, if you say what is the most rewarding thing about uh, being a college football coach, I think it's that, is seeing these guys that uh, maybe have made a few bad decisions or, or uh, not really sure about what's going on in their life and to see them just turn into to responsible uh, young men and, and guys that, uh, you know, get their degree and, and have a future and, and are ready to contribute to society. There you go, Kyle Whittingham talking about the NFL draft prospects for his guys. NFL draft takes place tomorrow on Thursday, April 23rd. All right, it is an acoustic Wednesday. I'm moving it to acoustics Wednesday, however, in, in honor of the class of the high school class of 2020. Uh, this is from Bountiful High School, their a cappella choir. Uh, under, this is a song called Oh Love by Elaine Hagenberg. It's a song they had been working on all, if not most, of the year so that they could perform it at their final concert of the year. And their director, their conductor, director Larry Smith, posted this on, on a closed private YouTube video. It's dedicated to the class of 2020, and it's every member of the choir at home via social distancing on the internet singing this song. And I'll tell you right now, it is not perfect. And I mean that as a compliment because, and here's what I mean by that. You're not going to get a perfect uh, score if we were judging this at a, a festival or whatever against schools that are there in person in the acoustics of an auditorium. This is not going to get a perfect score. 
But if we were judging this based on Zoom video choir collaborations, this gets a perfect 100% A++, 5 out of 5, 10 stars IMDb score. And it is touching. It moved me. Thanks to my friend uh, Andrea Wooten and, uh, for sharing it on Facebook and letting me uh, have permission to share it here on the EP podcast. Dedicated to the class of 2020, a special time in everyone's life, graduating high school. Can't imagine what it's like to go through it right now in these times, but a little bit of hope and emotion here from the acapella choir of Bountiful High School.
Once again, that's the acapella choir of Bountiful High School under the direction of Larry Smith. The song Oh Love by Elaine Hagenberg. Beautiful, amazing, well done kids. Congratulations on graduating. Congrats on making it uh, all the way through preschool, elementary, junior high, high school. It, it is tough to get uh, through that those years in life when uh, we all know how everything gets upended in those junior high and high school years emotionally, physically. We go through a lot during those times. And congrats, be proud, and be proud that you are the class of 2020 and that you will always and forever be looked at as a sign of strength and, and stalwartness and stewardship as the history, ba- history books look back on this moment. Hold your head high that you are the class of 2020, that you graduated through this stuff, and be proud of that. Be proud that it's unique and, and be, take ownership of the fact that it's not what you may have dreamed or hoped for it to be, but in a lot of ways it's better as you make history. Obviously, it's not better that it's amidst a pandemic of illness and death, but how you hold yourselves and are proud to work harder and face this thing with courage, that's what the class of 2020 embodies to me, and congratulations and enjoy it. All right, before we leave you, Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist for the Utah Department of Health, was on the big show. And I wanted to share this soundbite from her uh, as she talked about the pandemic. She was asked to maybe make a prediction of where we think we're going next or where we're headed. She said, of course, pandemics is not the time to be making predictions. But the things she shared were both uh, humbling, sobering, and encouraging. I wanted you to hear that soundbite. She is the state epidemiologist for the Utah Department of Health, Dr. Angela Dunn, with us here on The Big Show. Predictions in pandemics with novel coronaviruses are not too smart to make, but there are signs throughout the country the peaks of cases will probably be in June, and we might see a decrease in the warmer months, and then in the fall, potentially have another run of COVID-19 when all the respiratory viruses are circulating. So that's where we're planning for, but hoping that we never see COVID-19 again. I know what we're asking the public to do is hard with the social distancing, but the last thing we want to do is open up everything too early and see a huge spike in cases. So patience and understanding and social distancing are crucial right now. Come on, summer months and summer weather. Let's get this thing a cooking. For once in my life, I will love the 100 plus degree weather. Bring it on and let's keep it that way. Let's get so healthy and so strong. Give our hospitals and doctors and researchers a chance to breathe. Take a moment and get back to the research table. Find us a vaccine. Find us these things like the University of Louisville has found to help combat uh, infected people. And let's get ahead of this thing. Let's wrap it up before those winter months, fall months and winter months roll around and respiratory diseases return as they do every year. Let's make sure COVID-19 is killed off before then. And if not, let's at least get ahead of the game to where we're strong enough to withstand another rush or wave of it this fall and winter. We're doing a lot better than we have been, but as she reiterated there, it is tough to social distance. It is it is uh, mentally draining and physically draining to socially distance. Please continue to do it. Please redouble your efforts. Wear your masks in public. Wear your gloves. I don't care if someone tells you Uh, My sister's friend on Facebook said wearing gloves is actually more dangerous because it picks up more disease uh, particles. Okay, throw your gloves away before you touch yourself or someone else. And you cannot tell me that wearing a mask does nothing because if someone around you that has COVID or doesn't even coughs, 
Wouldn't you rather they have a mask on? And if they don't, you certainly wish you had a mask on because those particles, they're not bowling balls. They don't just fall plummet to the earth. Of course, we all know the laws of gravity. They fall at the same rate, but they don't fall in the same amount of time and they linger. You don't want to be breathing those in. Wear your masks. Wear your gloves. Shower. Do laundry. Scrub up. Make sure you're washing your hands in between your knuckles, both sides, under your fingernails, 20 seconds at a time. Oh, I'm, I'm ranting and raving. But thanks to Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist for the state of Utah Department of Health, for joining the big show. You can check that out in its entirety at 1280thezone.com. It's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of the EP Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google, iHeartRadio. Tune in, 1280thezone.com. The Zone Sports Network app on the on-demand audio section, 1280thezone.com slash ep-podcast. Google it. Ask Alexa, the EP Podcast, Austin Horton. Google it. You'll find it. Rank us, rate us, review us, make a comment, share it, like our Facebook page, anything you can contribute to keep this thing growing I appreciate it, and I appreciate you tuning in each and every day. It means the world to me. That's it for a a Wednesday, rather. We'll see you on a Thursday edition, and until then, be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. (laughs) Pope Benedict will give up his position at the end of the Catholic Church on uh, February 28th. Uh, The Vatican says that he's resigning because of advanced age. And uh, the Vatican says he is resigning because, as I mentioned, advanced age. A semi crashed, spilling fuel all over I-80. Troopers say the semi pulling a flatbed trailer drifted off the road and hit a barrier near milepost 131. Several hundred gallons of diesel fuel spilled across the westbound travel lanes. The driver was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. A detour put in place helped drivers get past that spill. The semi-crash also on I-80 closed traffic in Parley's Canyon for several hours. Troopers say the driver of the semi drifted and hit a barrier, causing several hundred gallons of diesel fuel to spill across the westbound travel lanes. The driver went to the hospital for minor injuries, and uh, it took... Did we just do the story twice? Three hours. We have the mess. Yeah, three hours. We have the mess. All right.